today's episode, I wanted to tell you about the Design Your Digital Classroom Spring Break 2023 Virtual Conference. It's a completely free online conference for middle and high school teachers to learn innovative strategies and use technology to increase student engagement and lessen their workload. It's taking place from April 3rd to 7th, and you can grab your ticket for free. If you're interested, you can find the link in your show description. Hey friends, you're listening to the Mathematically Enthused podcast. This podcast will take you on a deep dive into all things math, student engagement, and classroom management. I'm your host, Kelly Hogan. Let's get to it. Today's episode is actually not the episode I thought I was going to give you today, but I could just not pass up the opportunity to turnkey the keynote presentation I just experienced at a recent conference. On March 17th, I went to the Limasan conference, which is a Long Island math conference, and I was lucky enough to have presented that day, but I also had the experience of being able to participate in the conference as a learner. I know, and you know, that sometimes when we go to these conferences, the keynote speeches are kind of way over our heads. They're very idealistic and optimistic, and sometimes Even though the speaker is incredible, it's hard to feel like what they're talking about is relatable and can be easily used in our classrooms. I had the completely opposite experience at this conference. I left a total fangirl of our keynote speaker, so I wanted to take the opportunity to share a little bit of what she shared with us with you. The presenter's name is Dr. Irina Lovelinskaya, who is a professor of mathematics and education at Teachers College at Columbia University. When I tell you I left as a fangirl, I'm talking Joel Bowler level of fangirl. I was really lucky not only to hear Dr. Lovelinskaya's keynote speech, but I was also able to attend her session on math and art. Her keynote speech was especially impactful because she was talking about things that we all struggle with as math educators. At this conference, there were elementary school math teachers, middle school, high school, college, and even pre-service teachers in the room ready to learn and listen to Dr. Lovelinskaya. The presentation was called why do so many students hate math and how can we fix it? And I feel like this spirals back a little bit to my episode about my math story and your math story and why it matters. So I'm going to talk you through some of her major points today and share some of the engaging activities that Dr. Lublinskaya shared with us at the presentation. Dr. Lublinskaya's opening remarks were that it's not uncommon to hear from our students that they hate math class or math is too hard. We hear this constantly from our students who are struggling. It doesn't take a veteran teacher to realize that when a student starts to express that they hate math, what they actually hate is not the math itself, but the way they feel about themselves and their capabilities during math class. Dr. Lovelinskaya helped illustrate this point by giving us all that classic timed math test. You had 30 seconds to answer as many questions as you could with your pen and paper, and then check your work when you were done. In a room full of math educators, we were all willing participants in her experiment. And when we were done, she shared with us an important piece of research that helped drive the rest of her presentation. In a 2018 report by Pew Research Center, people were asked 
whether they liked or disliked math classes. And about 42% disliked math classes. So we're talking almost half of the people that were surveyed. Of those 42% of people who disliked math classes, 40% of the reason for why they disliked math classes was because of the way they were taught. The other 59% and change, obviously, was because of the subject matter itself. So when you think about this in the lens of your students, if 40% of your students don't like math, and it's largely due to the way that they were taught, we have a real opportunity to flip the script and approach everything in a more engaging way that's going to help our students start to appreciate the subject. This is exactly what Dr. Lublinskaya talked about, but it's also exactly what I love to try to do with my math students. One of the most powerful quotes that was shared in the presentation was from the Learning Channel of the New York Times, where a student was quoted to say, I detest math, but I love a never-ending tale of mystery and suspense. If we were to see math as an adventure, it would make it more enjoyable. That is a powerful statement that is just full of opportunity to make math more of an adventure for our students. We have a duty as math educators to show our students how fun and how fulfilling math can really be especially when odds are they might be at home with someone who in frustration throws their hands up and says, why can't they just do math like your old math? I don't know how to help you. The parent and adult biases around our students are making it harder for our students to get over the hump of disliking math. They're having a hard time getting through difficulties they're having or their negative experiences or feeling bored or not knowing why the math matters. And then on top of that, they may or may not have a parent at home who has similar feelings and is totally normalizing that stuff for them. Media is really rough on math. Dr. Lublinskaya shared a compilation of a whole bunch of different movies and TV shows where people are knocking on math and our students are consuming this as well. The message that our students are getting is that it's basically cool to hate math. During the presentation, I saw heads nodding all around the room while Dr. Lublinskaya talked about what she considers the five main reasons that students hate math. And I can tell you right now that we were all definitely nodding our heads in confirmation. The five major reasons are difficulty with math, negative experiences with math, boredom, lack of relevance, and learning styles. She then went ahead to make suggestions about how we could address each of these to try to flip the script and to get our students appreciating and loving math a little bit more. Reason one was difficulty. Difficulty is something I see a lot in my students, and I experienced it the most in my career when I was working in AIS with my math students on fractions. Students feel really frustrated by fractions, and they feel that it is really difficult. So some of the things that Dr. Lublinskaya suggested we could do that I'm sure you're all doing already is breaking down the concept, using visual aids, and relating the concept to real-life situations. So for fractions, we can break down the concept by going slow at every grade level. Having been a sixth grade math teacher 
I am definitely guilty of just jumping right into fractions, expecting my students to all have a mastery of the concept when they started. And I learned the hard way that that's not the case. It's so important in the upper elementary grades that every time you introduce fractions, you're taking a really hands-on and concrete approach so that you can make that slow start and break things down as much as possible for your students to take some of those negative experiences and those feelings of difficulty out of the equation, so to speak. You can use visual aids like fraction bars or fraction tiles, manipulatives. You can use paper and do folding activities. You can do drawing with your fourth, fifth, and sixth grade students. But the most important thing is to really break things down. If you're not sure how far to break down a concept, something that you can refer to that helps me out a lot is AchieveTheCore.org's concept map. I'll link that in the show description today, but it's a great place to go when you don't know how far back you should spiral with something for your students. When it comes to relating fractions to real life situations, days of the week can easily be fractions, money can easily be fractions, months of the year can also be fractions. These are things that are all really relevant to our students when we talk about future careers, when we talk about summer vacation, when we talk about how many days a week they're playing soccer or how many days a week they're gaming when they go home. This provides a little bit more of a concrete, real-life, true-to-them, fractional approach. Reason number two is negative experiences. If you listen to episode five of the podcast where I talk about my math story, your math story, and why it matters... I talk about my own negative experiences in my sixth grade math class and how that changed my experience all the way up until I was in my late 20s and already teaching. Ways you can work on your students who have had negative experiences with math is to focus on their strengths and of course include that really specific positive feedback. We all love to get positive feedback even as adults and that might start to change the game for your students. Of course, one of my favorites is to incorporate games and activities into your math lessons. One of my favorite things, which is one of Dr. Lovelinskaya's suggestions for negative experiences in math, is to incorporate games and activities into math lessons to make them more engaging and fun. In episode six, I talked about three fun ways to get your students moving in math, and those would be great things to incorporate into your classroom. Math scavenger hunts, digital escape rooms, interactive activities like ones that you could find on Desmos or Nearpod are great opportunities to get your students having more of a positive experience in that math classroom or during your math period. And of course, relating math again to those real life situations to make math to world connections so students understand why it's important that they don't hate math. I'm going to piggyback on my suggestions for reason number two, for reason number three here, because reason number three is boredom. We all probably know or had that experience of a math teacher who literally just stood up at the front of the room, gave notes, had us copy them, and then just expected us to know it. So of course, when you're involving puzzle solving and logic games, and all of the things I mentioned in step two, and all of the things that I mentioned when I was talking about negative experiences are things that are going to 
help your kids get out of that boredom mode with math. For those of you that have one-to-one technology, this is a great opportunity to bring this into the math classroom as well. Our students are on technology all of the time, practically literally, depending on when their parents start to put technology and one-to-one devices into their hands. So not why not play on to that? That happened at our conference where during the keynote, the presentation was with Nearpod and we were fully engaged. As an educator with ADHD, that's probably the most engaged I've ever been in a keynote speech because I had my device in front of me, it was open to the presentation, and I knew that almost every other slide, I had my voice was part of this presentation, and that was amazing. A suggestion from Dr. L, not my suggestion, that I loved was trying to inject humor into math lessons to make them a little bit more lighthearted and fun. The way she modeled this was by including different math-related comics in the presentation. Old school comics, black and white, single panel comic strips to just get us thinking a little bit differently about her presentation and connecting positively to it. Reason four for why kids hate math is lack of relevance. I know that in standing in front of a classroom, particularly when I get into my middle school students, they always ask, how am I going to use this? Or when am I going to use this? Which is really, why are we learning this? They want to know why it's important for them to learn algebra. And sometimes we have to dig a little bit deeper than others to really apply this to our students' lives and not refer to this sometime later mode. But it's so important that these students realize that we're actually all using algebra every day when we're doing mental math, when we're trying to figure out how many hours we have left until we go to soccer practice, or how many hours we have between dinner and bedtime. We're all thinking algebraically and we don't even realize it. So it's important to highlight this for your students to create some kind of relevance for them. If you ever really get stuck on relevance, feel free to send me a DM and we can talk it out and figure out how to make content relevant for your students. And reason five was learning style. So when we get down to reason five, I think we all know that our learning style impacts how we feel about certain things. So of course, you always want to make sure that you're providing a variety of instructional approaches in your classroom. I've talked before on the podcast about concrete, representational, and abstract. So you want to always have that concrete piece in there, but you also want the representational and you want the abstract to provide some, to provide some different approaches. You also want to sometimes have the technology approach, not every day. You want to sometimes maybe have a discussion approach. You want to sometimes have an error analysis approach, but you want to do things a little bit differently every day, independently, group work, just vary things as much as you can in order to give your students the opportunity to develop some positive feelings about math. This is a place that personally, I would also like to include some choice because we do have our learners that also like to feel a little bit more in control of what's going on in their learning for the day. So it'd be a great opportunity to start to incorporate choice boards into math the same way that teachers have been incorporating choice boards into things like spelling homework and writing assignments for many years. So as a quick recap of this amazing presentation I went to, 
and interjected some of my own thoughts into on the podcast. Just remember that when your students are struggling with math, they're struggling with one of five things. Difficulty with the subject, negative experiences with math, boredom in math class, lack of relevance for math, and learning style differences. So be sure you're thinking about how you can take an approach that will vary over time and keep your students engaged. And hopefully when they walk out of your door in May or June at the end of the year, they'll be able to tell you that they're beginning to love math. If you're looking for a way to expand your knowledge of how you can use some technology with your students in math, I invite you to click the link in the show description to grab your ticket to the Design Your Digital Classroom Spring Break 2023 virtual conference. It is geared towards middle and high school teachers. However, all of the presentations center around technology in the classroom. And there are some amazing educators that I've connected with in the virtual space talking about the power of these tech tools. In my presentation, I'm going to be talking specifically about tech tools to engage your students in project-based learning, which is another great way to approach relevance with your students. You can find the link to the free conference in my show notes. If you want to extend and add the power pack to increase your access and get some more goodies, that link is in the show notes as well. Thanks for listening. Talk soon.